Section 3 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 19, March 9, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 19, March 9, 1880. How Many Worlds Professor, asked May, are there more worlds with people on them like this one of ours? That is a hard question, said he. For many ages it was believed that there could be only one. More recently, when astronomers learned by the aid of their telescopes the countless numbers of the heavenly bodies, it began to be doubted whether such an immense creation could be destitute of intelligent creatures like man and it was argued that most likely the Almighty had supplied the heavenly bodies with inhabitants, but had for some good reason thought best not to reveal the fact to us, perhaps because our attention might be too much drawn away from the truths that he wished us particularly to remember. At last, however, men of science continuing their researches seemed to be settling back in the first opinion. Oh, why is that? asked Joe because they find reasons for thinking that our earth has had human beings on it only a very little while in comparison with its own existence. And if this world was millions of years without man, then of course any or all the heavenly bodies may still be without any such creature on them. Is there no better reason than that? asked Joe. Yes, there is considerable evidence that the bodies nearest to us cannot be inhabited by any creatures at all like man. On the moon, for instance, there is no air to breathe and no water to drink, and without air and water there can be no grass, trees, or plants of any kind, and no food for any animal. And besides starving, all creatures that we know of would immediately freeze to death, for the moon is excessively cold. The nights are about thirty times as long as ours, and allow each portion of its surface to get so cold that nothing can live. How did the moon get so cold? asked Joe. What became of the heat? It went off into the surrounding space, which is all very cold. Empty space does not get warmed by the sun, whose heat seems chiefly to lodge in solid bodies and dense fluids. But some of the planets are larger than the moon, are they not? asked Joe. Yes, Jupiter, for instance, is very much larger than the moon and the earth and Professor Proctor tells us that it will take Jupiter millions of years to become as cool as the Earth, while the Moon was as cool as the Earth millions of years ago. Here is a picture of the planet, but its surface is changing so constantly that it seldom appears the same on two nights in succession. Jupiter, at present, is wrapped in enormous volumes of thin cloud that rises up from a melted and boiling mass in the center. Professor Newcomb supposes that there is only a comparatively small core of liquid, the greater part of the planet being made up of seething vapor. So you see, it would be about as difficult to live on Jupiter as in a steam boiler, or a cauldron of molten lead. Since last summer a great red spot has been noticed on the surface of the planet, which has attracted much attention. Some think it is an immense opening, large enough for our Earth to be dropped through. 
are the other planets such dreadful places asked mary saturn seems to be in about the same condition as jupiter mars is thought to be solid and to have land water and air it has also two brilliant white spots on opposite sides which are supposed to be vast fields of ice and snow but the water seems to be disappearing and the time when the planet could be inhabited is thought to be long gone by where does the water go asked joe probably it sinks into the cracks or fissures which form in the crust of the planet when it begins to shrivel up with the cold then it must be like a great frozen graveyard said mary but is there no other planet that is pleasanter to think about the one that seems on the whole to be most like ours is venus and so professor proctor calls it our sister planet it is so close to the sun that it is hidden most of the time being only seen for a while before sunrise and at other times a while after sunset in the one case it is called the morning and in the other the evening star also there is mercury still nearer the sun and hidden almost all the time then said mary there seems to be no way of knowing anything about there being people like us in other worlds and the more we look into it the more uncertain we become ah uh, that is about the way the case stands said the professor but if science continues to make as rapid progress as it has lately done we may hope that it will yet throw more light on the question how many planets are there asked joe until quite recent times there were supposed to be only the five we have mentioned since the beginning of the present century about two hundred little planets called asteroids have been discovered between the orbits or paths of mars and jupiter then there are uranus and neptune very far from the sun and from us so much so that the latter was mistaken for a fixed star professor said may you mentioned the moon as being near to us can you explain to us how its distance is measured so we can understand it and then professor said jack i would like to know what parallax means there said gus is another big word of jack's pallylax knickknacks gimcracks slapjacks hush you goose i think said the professor i can answer may's and jack's questions both at once as they are very closely connected suppose that at night when you look down the street you see two gas lamps one much farther off than the other then if you go across the street the nearer lamp will seem to move in the opposite way from what you did thus in the diagram when you are at a the nearer lamp is on the right of the other and when you go over to b and look at it it is on the left this change in direction is called parallax now we can imagine the nearer of the lights to be the moon and that an observatory or tower with a telescope in it is located at a from which the direction of the moon is carefully noted at six o'clock in the morning then by six in the evening the earth spinning round on its axis will have carried the observatory about eight thousand miles away from a and placed it at say b if the moon's direction be again noted it is very easy to calculate her distance by a branch of mathematics called trigonometry which jack i have no doubt has already studied a four-footed messenger 
just after the raising of the siege of fort stanwix in the mohawk valley the neighborhood continued to be infested with prowling bands of indians captain gregg and a companion were out shooting one day and were just preparing to return to the fort when two shots were fired in quick succession and gregg saw his comrade fall while he himself felt a wound in his side which so weakened him that he speedily fell two indians at the same time sprang out of the bushes and rushed toward him gregg saw that the only hope was to feign death and succeeded in lying perfectly still while the indians tore off his scalp as soon as they had gone he endeavored to reach his companion but had no sooner got to his feet than he fell again a second effort succeeded no better but the third time he managed to reach the spot where his comrade lay only to find him lifeless he rested his head upon the bloody body and the position afforded him some relief but the comfort of this position was destroyed by a small dog which had accompanied him on his expedition manifesting his sympathy by whining yelping and leaping around his master he endeavored to force him away but his efforts were in vain until he exclaimed if you wish so much to help me go and call some one to my relief to his surprise the animal immediately bounded off at his utmost speed he made his way to where three men were fishing a mile from the scene of the tragedy and as he came up to them began to whine and cry and endeavored by bounding into the woods and returning again and again to induce them to follow him these actions of the dog convinced the men that there was some unusual cause and they resolved to follow him they proceeded for some distance but finding nothing in darkness setting in they became alarmed and started to return the dog now became almost frantic and catching hold of their coats with his teeth strove to force them to follow him the men were astonished at this pertinacity and finally concluded to go with him a little further and presently came to where gregg was lying still alive they buried his companion and carried the captain to the fort strange as it may seem the wounds of gregg severe as they were healed in time and he recovered his perfect health end of section three